Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle, sitting under the latest atmospheric river of rain. While you settle back into your raincoat for the commute, here's the wrap-up of today's top stories. It's Wednesday, January 31st. Boeing is taking responsibility for the 737 MAX 9 blowout incident that sent the company reeling for the past month. It's a big statement for a company with a lot on the line here. Boeing CEO David Calhoun held a call with investors today speaking from the Renton plant that manufactures the jets. We caused the problem, and we understand that. And with more, labor reporter Monica Nicholsberg. Boeing reported better-than-expected fourth-quarter earnings Wednesday, but the quarter closed before the MAX 9 incident. Still, Morningstar aerospace analyst Nicholas Owens expects Boeing to rebound from this crisis. He said airlines can't just take their business elsewhere. Let's say you were were on on the order book to get your plane, let's say, this summer, but now you're changing your mind you want to buy an Airbus. Airbus's order book is full through 2030, so it's not just like I I can walk across the aisle and buy a different box of cereal. (laughs) The FAA investigation is still ongoing, but cleared MAX 9s are starting to return to the skies. Monica Nicholsberg, KUOW News. The Seattle Seahawks have announced their new head coach, Mike McDonald. Vaughn Jones has the news. McDonald becomes the eighth full-time coach in Seahawks history and is now under contract for six seasons. McDonald's previous job was defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. They finished with the NFL's best record this season before losing in the AFC Championship to the Kansas City Chiefs. At 36 years old, McDonald is now the youngest active head coach in the NFL. Pete Carroll was the oldest active head coach before losing the Seahawks coaching job last month. ESPN reports that McDonald was one of the most coveted potential hires this offseason. He reportedly interviewed with six teams, including Seattle. Vaughn Jones, KUOW News. The youth jail in Seattle could be on its way out, at least as a primary detention model. King County has long talked about replacing it, but today put out an actual proposal to close the facility. With the latest, here's Ann Dornfeld. In 2020, King County Executive Dow Constantine pledged to end secure detention for youth by 2025. For the first time, the county has a plan for what might replace its recently built youth jail. It calls for a receiving center where young people would go upon arrest for up to three days or until their first court hearing. Youth not released to their families would then await trial at group homes run by community organizations. An advisory committee, including a public defender, a judge, and community members, came up with the recommendations, but they had major disagreements on key issues, like whether the new facilities would have locked doors and whether the plan would even be legal. State law requires counties to have secure detention for juveniles awaiting trial. The executive said despite his promise of closing the youth jail by 2025, the new system would not begin until at least 2028, if approved by the county council. Ann Dornfeld, KUOW News. Last weekend's enforcement visits to bars on Seattle's Capitol Hill could be prompting some changes. The state's Liquor and Cannabis Board is facing pushback from bar owners who felt the visits were reminiscent of the historic police raids of the LGBTQ venues. 
Board Director David Postman acknowledged in a meeting Tuesday that last weekend's actions had a particular impact on the LGBTQ community. He says there's no crackdown happening, but there is a law on the books that requires body parts like buttocks to be covered where alcohol is served. But he also suggested that the law has potentially outlived its usefulness. We'll be tracking. And we have one more police conduct story to tell you. A new federal lawsuit alleges that evidence was made up, fabricated by Seattle police detectives and a King County prosecutor. It's in the case of a former Seattle man, Sloan Stanley, who was sentenced to prison for cyberstalking. He's now the one suing. According to the Seattle Times, after Stanley was released in 2017, he was then convicted of felony harassment and intimidating a judge based on the testimony of a jailhouse informant. But the lawsuit claims police and prosecutors knew the informant wasn't credible and acted maliciously to keep him in prison. The city attorney, King County prosecutor and Seattle Police Department declined to comment to the Seattle Times. A quick health alert to be aware of. Four cases of a potentially deadly fungal infection have been confirmed in King County. It's called Candida auris. Public Health Seattle King County says this is the first known outbreak in the state. All of the infected had ties to Kindred Hospital Seattle. People who stay in long-term acute care settings are most at risk. Two Seattle school board members are leaving before their terms are up. As Sammy West reports, their departure comes at a pivotal time as the district grapples with financial difficulties and declining enrollment. Vivian Song and Lisa Rivera are stepping down from the school board, effective Friday. It comes after the Seattle Times reported that Song appeared to be violating state residency requirements because she'd moved outside the district she was elected to represent. Song was also recently a finalist for a vacancy on the Seattle City Council. Rivera announced Tuesday that she has also moved out of her district. Rivera and Song say they're not in violation of state law or board policy, but they don't want to be a distraction when the district has big decisions on the horizon, like closing a $104 million budget shortfall. The board is expected to appoint new members within 90 days. They'd serve through the next regularly scheduled election. Sammy West, KUOW News. If you're in Renton or one of the other areas with a special election going on, this is your reminder to vote. Voting's underway now for the February 13th election. Renton voters are deciding on a proposed minimum wage increase, and that's one of a whopping 239 local measures statewide in this special election. PCC workers will not be going on strike. The workers and store leadership reached a tentative deal today, according to the union UFCW 3000. The contract needs to be approved by the union members, and that vote happens next Tuesday. And finally today, there's a push for a recall of Kia and Hyundai vehicles that are easy to steal. AKA, they can be started basically with a screwdriver and have led to high rates of theft and joyrides in cities like Seattle. Seattle City Council member Tammy Morales joined a nationwide call for a recall today, alongside council members from several other cities. 
Thus far, the car makers have supported wheel lock giveaways and have made efforts to install anti-theft technology on the models in question. If you're watching the weather, this is your pocket-sized report. The atmospheric river ends tomorrow morning. Rain remains in the forecast for the next week, and normal winter temps come back Friday. High of 53, low 39. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya.